As we conclude our mystery box time for the summer, we also today uh, conclude our summer sermon series, reading through the book of Colossians. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18, as we finish this book that we have uh, spent time in throughout the summer months. This is the closing of the letter um, from the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae, and it is also um, the letter Sunday for me, which is just a little bit of a different rhythm, um, and so we welcome the Klosterman family as you get to join us for just a, a unique Sunday. Um, this takes on a slightly different tone, uh, but as we um, read God's Word together, um, I'll read uh, here from the pulpit, and then I'll sit here and read you my annual letter. Hear these closing words. Um, in chapter 4, they name people. Some of these people are mentioned elsewhere in Scripture. Some of them are not. Some of these are the only time they're mentioned is here in this closing part of Colossians 4. Before we, before we read God's Word together, let's pray. God, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit our teacher, and the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, our primary concern. In all of this, we pray that you speak to us, O Lord, that we, your servants, may listen, that we may hear your voice, and that we may follow you, growing in faithfulness and maturity. Amen. Colossians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends his, you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instruction about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you, in turn, read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, Write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
My dear North Holland, I have made this an annual tradition to write a letter to you once a year on the Sunday before Labor Day, the Sunday closest to my installation as a pastor of North Holland Reformed Church. It is my time to take a text from Scripture and model my own version of it to you. It's my time to share what's on my heart in a special way that might not fit in other sermons week to week. It's a time to observe our current reality, to reflect on the past, and to ponder together God's emerging future for us as a congregation. There are two things I should note right away today. One, although the subheading in your Bible is final greetings as we finish Colossians, this is not I repeat, this is not a resignation letter or an announcement of a new call taken. I know sometimes when people start reading a letter near a stool, it it sends that vibe. Secondly, if that is what the letter is not, let's also describe what it is. This is the celebration of five years of pastoral ministry here at North Holland, and this marks eight years total of being among you. The five-year mark is of special significance to me, and you'll know why if you heard and remember last year's letter. In seminary, I heard quite often the statistic that half of all seminary graduates who go into ministry will quit within five years. Well, my dear friends, my beloved congregation, my faithful partners in ministry, here on the corner of New Holland and 120th, I'm here to say with much gratitude that we have been together for five years and have, have thusly beaten the statistics. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to you, North Holland. Being a pastor is not necessarily easy, but it is qualitatively good to be among you. It's not easy because for any pastor anywhere, there are demanding aspects of the job as there are to any occupation. There is emotional turmoil. There's a lot of sickness, sadness, hospital and prison visits, depression and death. It is not easy, but it is qualitatively good. And you have made it good for me and for my family. And there's one case example that I'd love to use to explain from my perspective what just makes you so comparatively good over and against the situations that my colleagues face in their congregations. And I say this with something that I think we all should pay attention to. Sometimes it's the little things. It's something that might seem little to someone or even innocuous to one person, but not so much to another. And the case example that I share today with you is what is said to Caitlin and I when we prepare to leave for a week of vacation. Think about for yourself, what have you said to us before we've left for a week away, usually to go to Iowa, everyone's favorite vacation destination, especially in December. It's beautiful. Here's what I hear. Enjoy your time away. 
safe travels. Enjoy some time with your family. Say hello to your in-laws for me. I hope you have some time to rest and refresh. Make your time away count. Unplug, refresh, recharge. We'll handle it until you get back. These are all sincere comments in the interest of our health and well-being as a family. And we appreciate them, and we don't take the sentiments for granted. Especially because of what I know most of my colleagues hear when they leave for vacation. Why do you need a week off if you only work one day a week? Har, 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 har. And yes, I am openly mocking that sentiment. With no shame. It's Letter Sunday. So everyone who says this knows that they're joking. Everyone who says this to a pastor who's taken their call at 2 o'clock in the morning or who has walked alongside of them in the hospital, they all know they're joking when they say it. And honestly, the pastors know it too. But you know what? That sarcasm is a little bit devaluing. If you appreciate someone, don't devalue them. Thank you, North Holland, for not devaluing us as a family or me as a minister through such comments. I have never once heard that said here. I have thick enough skin to be teased, and if you've worked with me, you know there's a lot of banter. But it's, it's those types of comments that are just devaluing and just annoying. Everyone says it as if they're the first person who's ever thought of that joke. Come on. It's like walking past someone on a stepladder when they're putting a new ballast in a fluorescent light, and every single person has to go, bzzzt. My colleagues throughout ministry face annoying, devaluing phrases every time they leave for a week of vacation or every time they buy a new car, they hear, oh, I bought a new car. We must be paying you too much. And instead, when Caitlin and I bought our used minivan, we heard, oh, you're going to love having a van. Ooh, nice color. Or several of you said, welcome to the Toyota family. And some of you said, traitor. <laughs> it's what you say, North Holland, and it's what you don't say. Because you have the emotional threshold and authentic capacity to say what is so for you. You heard Caitlin share the announcement about faith walking. And one of our core values in faith walking is authenticity between people and God. And part of how we define authenticity is the ability to say what is so. And when I have a stoic old Dutchman tearfully say, you've taken care of us. Now go take care of your family. There is a level of emotional maturity and sincerity that does not exist just anywhere. But it does exist here. And it means a lot to me and to us. It means a lot to me not only because of the absence of the annoyance, but because of the presence of the more significant truth. People use sarcasm as a defense mechanism Often we are sarcastic when we don't know how to say what we truly feel or we're too afraid to say what we really mean. I've observed that people sometimes have a harder time saying kind things with sincerity than harsh things with clarity. 
telling someone that we love them or care for them is, is a vulnerable, intimate feeling. Teasing someone is a lot easier. But when we strip away the sarcasm and muster up the courage to be authentic, then we are truly free to say what is so for us. North Holland, in all facets of life, say what is so. We all grow over time in our capacity to do this. And it can be scary, and it takes discipline to say what is so for us. Especially around certain people, we, we might find barriers that we push up against that it's really hard to say what is so around certain folks. I hope to be an easy person among you to practice saying what is so. In my mind, it's actually a big part of my job. Say what is so. Because the world doesn't actually need more sarcasm. The world needs more sincerity. The world doesn't need more hiding behind humor. The world needs more humility in truth-telling. And that's what I see in the New Testament in characters like Tychicus and the relationship that he had with the Apostle Paul. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes Tychicus. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Do you all have a Tychicus in your life? Someone who knows you so well that they can be sent for the express purpose of explaining how you're doing. Someone who you've trusted enough with your heart that they can share your heart with others, even in your absence. Someone who can encourage you along the way, even in the midst of hard times. We hope that that's what we are about here at North Holland. The Paul Tychicus relationships can exist. Maybe we find them by joining a life group or reading a book with someone to get to know them. We hope that as Quinn grows up, the I have chosen you will also include God's choosing of the right people to speak truth into her life along the way. I need to give a shout out today to a specific Tychicus in my life, the Reverend Steve Vandermullen. Steve is a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord and a dear brother, though older and wiser brother. A mostly retired RCA minister, Steve has been my mentor over the last five years. I share my heart with him, my wonderings, my concerns, and what I'm celebrating in life and ministry and what I'm trying to figure out. You see, Steve is, is 40 years down the road that I'm only five years into, and I need that presence and perspective in my life to keep me healthy, in check, and well-balanced. Between having Steve as a mentor and finding a good therapist, I can honestly say that I'm as about as healthy emotionally as I've been in the last five years. Watching my own tendencies towards depression and anxiety, having the right people around me, these have been key ways that I have learned to take care of myself. We all need the Tychicus presence in our lives. I, I take care of myself so that I can take care of you. It's just part of a healthy rhythm and lifestyle for me. And over the last year, 
People kept asking just how many funerals I've done in my time here. So I finally went through all of my records and created a document that I refer to as the funeral ledger so that I could keep track. So far, I've officiated 36. Probably by the end of this week, it will be 37. Since the last letter, just since last August, we have experienced the death of Ruth Holst, Brian Steginka, Howard Bauman, and Dave Hookstra, Margaret Abma, and Dolores Scott, June the Candyman Hop, and Marilyn Kuman. I need the Tychicus characters in my life to be healthy in the midst of all of that for the long haul and everything else that's happening, both known and unknown, that Pastor Audrey and I navigate together with the help of the Board of Elders and the right people in place at the right time. My only application question out of this portion of today's Scripture reading and in this letter is, Are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of yourself in the right ways? Can you name a Tychicus presence in your life? Does at least one other person know how you really are doing, whether that be a family member, a friend, or a therapist? Ideally, there's like three to five people. Are there areas in your life that you might just be hiding behind humor or sarcasm? instead of confronting or addressing head-on or saying what is so when you're having a hard time? How many days a week or a month is it just easier to have another drink instead of talk about it with someone you trust, journal about it, or pray about it? Take care of yourselves, North Holland. We cannot sustain the capacity to take care of others our own here or anywhere else, if we aren't attending to our own souls in the right ways. And even then, we don't do that work alone. That's why I love the ending of letters like Colossians, because it reminds us that that even people like the Apostle Paul and Peter were not alone in what they did. No one was a lone wolf in the early church. Neither of them could do their work on their own. It still took a village to raise a child, a great cloud of witnesses to encourage a minister, and it takes a church to raise up disciples. We read the body of those letters um, as if it's on a different plane of existence, as, as we should when you get into the middle of Colossians 3 or Philippians 2 or 1 Peter 2, that we sometimes forget that there is still a human person inspired by the Holy Spirit, but human nonetheless, writing those words. But at the end of the letters, even at the end of Romans, we see all of the names of real people. It's like the New Testament version of Dutch bingo. And you can thank Rachel Demblaker for coining that phrase this week. And you can thank the staff that work here for the work that they do, that 
in my absence, I have the utmost trust and respect and appreciation for Pastor Audrey, that we work together well, and that I cherish that. You can give thanks to Jennifer for her attention to detail, for her lens for hospitality and administration, and to her and Sharon Skur both for moving through the church, adding up all of the vinyl lettering so that this new space can become clear and coherent in direction. You can thank Vicki Rosich for all that she does for Kids Hope and for Hand to Hand. And make no mistake, she does need some help, and so ask her about it and make sure that she tells you what she really needs. You can thank Rachel for her presence here, for her flexibility, and for our slightly shared sense of humor. You can thank Valerie Bender for being a person of hospitality and of thoughtful character as we continue to live into to using the building, to using the new space in different ways. You can thank Jed by sending him a letter to Colorado, but he's gone. <laughs> and I do miss him. I miss his presence. And yet we will continue on here. I write this letter to you once a year because... I'm a pastor and a normal person. In fact, I would say I am normal to the point of being unremarkable. I mean, other than my height and abnormally large eyebrows, I'm about as simple as you can get. I'm, in my mind, an average preacher, nothing mind-blowing. I'm an average leader, nothing extraordinary. And I'm an average learner no prodigy here. Thank you for loving me in all of my averageness. And I suppose you can thank God that I do have my defining characteristics because it makes it easier to see my facial expressions and my gestures even in the back row because God gave me ginormous eyebrows, eyebrows and the wingspan of a small pterodactyl. <laughs> Caca. <laughs> Friends, we are all in this together. One big old average family created by God with a special talent or defining characteristic here and there. I don't do what I do alone. You don't do what you do alone. I have my Tychicus and Aristarchus and Onesimus characters all around me because we are all in this together, and I hope you have those characters too. And I was reminded in this past year that sometimes to take care of yourself is that you need to allow someone else to take care of you, to sometimes accept their advice or input. Do you remember the end of December? I do. It was rough. We lost Howard Bauman and Dave Hookstra within 36 hours of each other. We had both funerals, Sunday service, and then Caitlin and I went down to Indiana on Sunday with the kids to be there for my family get-together. And did you know that I was originally planning on coming back Monday afternoon to attend the Christmas Eve service Monday night, even though Pastor Audrey was already in charge of the service and was fully capable and qualified to lead it without me? My plan was to come back, but I wasn't allowed to. 
thanks to all of you. I was told gently at first and then more firmly over time to leave and to not come back for Christmas Eve, but to spend time catching up with my family after an intense and draining week. I didn't realize how grateful I was or how much I needed that until I woke up Monday morning, Christmas Eve, in Indiana and was free to just stay. It was a conspiracy of North Holland to disbar the lead pastor from coming to Christmas Eve. And it was a conspiracy done with sincere care and wisdom and love. And sometimes that comes in the form of someone just saying, don't be stupid about it, Stephen, stay home. Thanks, Larry. (laughs) We're all in this together, and we take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Make sure you have a tichicus, and let those people take care of you so that we can see what can be completed when we work together and watch out for each other because our capacity to love one another is what teaches our capacity to be a place of mission and hospitality and outreach. Archippus was in it together too, with Paul and the church, with the movement of the gospel and the city of Colossae. And what Paul writes to Archippus really caught my eye for this year's letter. Verse 7, tell Archippus, or 17, sorry, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry that you have received in the Lord. See to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. Exactly and in context what Paul means here, we don't know. But Archippus obviously did. And this letter being read publicly would have held him accountable to it. I hear those words, complete the ministry that you have received in the Lord. And I do wonder what it means for me, for you, and for us. As I said at the beginning, this is not a resignation letter, nor do I look forward to writing one anytime soon, nor am I actively looking for a different call. I don't hear complete the ministry as a call to look for one unchecked box at North Holland so that I can move on. That is not where my heart is, and it's not how my theology of call works. What I know is this. Caitlin and I feel called and rooted to be here. I also know, and you all do too, that there's never a guarantee of permanence when it comes to following God's call. We, all of us, at every age of every occupation, need to be obedient to God's call. So I can pledge to you that I will do my best to be faithful to God's call here and that we will continue to be faithful to God's call in the future. That also means that I can't guarantee to you that I would stay at North Holland until I retire. And we are not clairvoyant into the future. We don't actually know if that would be a good thing for me or for the church. But I'm of the school of thought, as taught by a Tychicus like Steve Vandermullen, that you don't look for a call out of any other circumstance until you feel released from the call that you're in. 
and I don't feel yet released from the call to North Holland that I was installed into five years ago. Nor has my appreciation for this congregation or my curiosity about some of you faded since the time eight years ago when I was sent here by the associate dean of the seminary to check out North Holland and see if it'd be a good fit. Complete the ministry. I don't know what completion is for me, and because I care more about spiritual growth than spiritual arrival, I'm not trying to check off boxes of what completion looks like. It's more about being faithful and present than it is about being complete. I know I'm not complete here yet, not here, and I love it here because I love you. So for me to feel called to move on will require a very clear and distinct nudge from the Lord saying, you are released, Stephen. Let the next pastor have the joy of being here. And that will be good, too. But I just want to offer the same reminder, the same assurance that we're not looking to leave anywhere. And if that's disappointing, keep your finger snapping below the pew. I just want to offer the same reminder from a previous letter. North Holland, you are not some stepping stone that people use to get some experience and then move on to bigger and better things. You are bigger and better things by your very being. You're not a stepping stone to get to a destination. You are a destination all of your own. You are a special place, a wonderful people and a joy of a congregation to be called and installed to serve with. So, friends, we complete the ministry together, knowing that we're never really finished, never fully done on this side of heaven, individually or corporately. But there are some things that we do get to complete along the way. Looking back over the last year, we have completed several things. The building project is complete. We moved in in October, a few months after the previous letter. The pole barn is complete. The open shelter is standing, though not quite complete. It still needs some tweaks and finishing. Also, it's an active site with ladders and mud, so please stay away from it. Parents, keep your kids away from it. And if you do go out into the mud, don't come back into church. Hang out in the parking lot, because that's hospitable. My dear friends, for the first time since 2017, there is not an open building permit at North Holland Reformed Church. Thanks be to God. As a people, we are free from sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are free from the scrutiny of Holland Township through certificates of occupancy. I hope you don't mind but I'm going to ceremonially burn a copy of both building permits. Just a second here. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission.
Also, if we uh, set off the fire detectors, the EPS shutoff code is 7966281 to call off the fire department. Well, that was exhilarating. Complete the ministry. Friends, the building is complete. The buildings are complete. But the ministry is never truly or fully complete on this side of heaven. There is more work to be done in this broken world. And our current reality is one of completion and being unfinished. We still have a mortgage to pay. We have some grass to plant, some tweaks on the shelter to finish. But the work ahead, the things yet to be done, do not in any way negate the progress of what has already been done. Let us not forget how far we've come. Even as we press into the next year, discover new projects to tackle, meet new people, my mantra will continue to be this, let us not forget how far we've come. Thanks be to God for how far we've come. Think of what, as we think of Tychicus completing the ministry in the Lord, think of what has been easier to complete because of the building project. Our 2018 harvest feast, complete, with space abundant. A benefit dinner for Kids Life Bible Club, complete, even as Bible Club continues into the next year. A year of Kids Quest, having access to a lot better space for games, complete, Our first semester of the crossing, complete. The Ottawa County Fair food prep being used, being done in the new kitchen, complete. Funerals and visitations here at the church, caskets by the stained glass window, and funeral luncheons in the multi-purpose room, once again with space abundant, complete. A week of vacation Bible school, making full use of the entire facility, every corner of this place complete. All of those tasks are complete, even as the ministry is still in progress. And we're still making progress into how to use the space, how to use it well, and that will be an ongoing figuring out. Give good feedback. Offer suggestions. And do so with the love of the church and in loving kindness to the person that you're offering suggestions to. Because we're all in this together, you, your Tychicus people, and everyone else. So North Holland, as we think about what we've completed, that we celebrate, and what is yet to be done, the ongoing, thank you. Thank you for the joy and privilege of serving here among you. This fall will be different for us as Caitlin has graduated seminary in May and is now a staff member at Western. So we get a paycheck instead of a tuition statement from the seminary, which is a great change. And we continue to have the distance between us and her family as we do continue to watch her father's health fade. And you, my friends, have walked alongside of us this entire four-and-a-half-year journey that we've been on. You have supported us and blessed us in many ways. 
to the point that we were told once that North Holland feels like my church family by Caitlin's dad. Sometimes the distance is hard and we anticipate some changes that will make that especially hard for a season. But friends, love is worth more than geographic distance. We feel rooted here and called to be here and at Western Seminary, around people that we care about, who we love, and who love us. So my friends, my church of Tychicus, thank you for the ways in which you love well. You love us. Love each other just as sincerely and just as devotedly. And in so doing, reveal the heart of God to those around you. Amen. Let's pray. God, we come to you with grateful hearts for the sacrament of baptism, for the, pl- for the sign and seals upon Quinn Noel as Derek and Meredith walk this journey of parenting her, for the showing of their family here today, and for being surrounded by the church family today. We give you thanks 